Welcome to Let the Boys Kiss, the creation of queer ships, where we ask the question, is it queer baiting, queer coding, or queer canon? This week, we'll be discussing Starsky and Hutch from the 1970s television series, Starsky and Hutch. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kelsey. Starsky and Hutch. This is an exciting one. I think energy levels are high for this one. We are very excited to talk about Starsky and Hutch, our second listener request. Big shout outs to listener Monica for both suggesting this and sending us so many resources. You wouldn't believe the amount of help we've gotten from Monica. We've gotten articles. We've gotten what episodes we should watch. We've gotten clarification on questions we had. She's been invaluable. And we were also happy to receive this suggestion because it turns out we love Starsky and Hutch. We're huge Starsky and Hutch fans now, guys. I mean, we have been turned on to a couple of things over the course of this show. I think we both enjoyed our Gotham experience. We yes. loved the suggestions, but like, I'm a Starsky and Hutch fan now. <laughs> I've gone Same. into the Starsky and Hutch rabbit hole and I ain't coming out. Nope. I love them. So... Who are they? Who are we talking about today? We're talking about a couple of police detectives, Dave Starsky and Ken Hutchinson, otherwise known as Starsky and Hutch. They are cops in the fictional California city of Bay City, which you will recognize as Los Angeles if you watch it. And they drive around in an iconic Gran Torino, red with a white stripe. They've got one of those classic 70s famous cars, which they should bring back. Why are we not doing famous cars anymore? I know. They're kind of one of the more iconic buddy cop duos. It is a regular police procedural, which you will recognize. Every episode, there's a new case that they're solving. It is very episodic. It is highly episodic, but they do have a lot of two-parters and even a three-parter that we watch. So they would get into some slightly longer arced episodes, but it's definitely a show where like, you don't feel the repercussions of things that happen in an episode once you get to the next episode, yes. which will come into play later on in this conversation. But I guess let's say, what have we watched of Starsky and Hutch? I have no idea how many episodes I've watched, but a, a, a good number across the four seasons. It's a four season show. I will look and say that the list that we got from Monica was maybe 12 episodes, and we both have watched way more than that. (laughs) Right. Neither of us has seen the whole show at this point. No. And we haven't even seen all the same episodes, because we did watch some of the same extra episodes together, but you and I have each watched other episodes on our own. So Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of them, but not all. Why do people ship them? I think like all of our sort of episodic television that we've done, we're gonna just go through beats from the various episodes that we saw and talk about all of the evidence that is in the show because there is so much evidence you guys aren't gonna believe it (laughs) but one of the things that is important about this show is they do start off as partners so in the pilot movie that they had yeah a lot of 70s tv shows would begin with a, a movie that became the pilot for the show Right. It's not a case of them meeting their partners already. Their rapport is established. They're already best friends. Yes. They're already close. In fact, the first scene of the episode when we meet them, Hutch is working out in his gym and Starsky shows up 
to tease him a little bit and then wait for him while he showers. <laughs> just sits in the uh, the locker room while Hutch is showering nearby. So the way the shot is framed for us is we see Hutch nude in the shower. Obviously, you know, waist up. It's 70s TV. It's TV appropriate. And then we zoom out and Starsky is just sitting right outside the shower waiting for him. And then he says to the gym manager, which I thought was very interesting, don't you ever wonder what we do for a living? Which I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know. Don't you ever wonder why I'm always showing up here and waiting for Hutch in the shower? And the gym manager's like, nope, don't care. Gym manager couldn't care less. So anyway, they they establish their dynamic pretty quickly. Their whole thing is Starsky loves that the Gran Torino is his car. He loves it. Hutch loves his really shitty Ford something that is really ugly to look at. He doesn't just love his shitty car. He loves just shitty cars because his shitty car gets replaced by different shitty cars. His his shitty car gets like he gets in a accident or whatever. The car is is totaled. Starsky gives him another shitty car just like the old one, and he couldn't love it anymore. Yeah, he's (laughs) thrilled. I've never seen this as a character quirk for a cop, or I'll say any character on television before, but. It's fascinating. But anyway, it's that whole buddy cop thing. They're opposites. One of them is tall and blonde. The other one's a little shorter, dark hair. They have differing personalities. And that's where you get the banter. So in this pilot, there's a scene where they both have to go into a steam room to interrogate someone. So they both have to get naked outside. And then they put their gun holsters back on (laughs) over there. Over their naked shoulders. Oh, these boys. Yeah. And then not only do they go into the steam room to interrogate someone, but then they finish interrogating him and then just decide to have a steam. So they just kind of hang out with the the guy they've interrogated. You got to have a schwitz every once in a while, you know? They also have a running bit in the pilot that does continue into series where since they are such a unit, people are often confusing them for each other. Like people who know that there is a Starsky and Hutch, but don't know which is which, will call them by the wrong names. And then they get to, to say, I'm Starsky, he's Hutch a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the like the vibe of the pilot is they're very close. They're great cops. They get into car chases a lot and they hang out <laughs> in showers. <laughs> Those are the things to know about them from the pilot. What does develop over the course of the show is a strong theme of hurt comfort Mm -hmm. this show is known for its hurt comfort episodes where one of the boys gets injured you know criminal shoots them a criminal blows them up a criminal pushes their car off the side of the road and they fall into a ravine (laughs) any number of things can happen and then the other one of course is like rushes to save them and then they have a good cuddle so so much cradling there's a lot of cradling. So we'll go through um, a few, not even all of the examples of this in the show. There's an episode called The Fix, where some bad guys are trying to get access to Ken's girlfriend. And the way that they decide to get him to give them the information about where she is, is to get him addicted to heroin. Yes. <laughs> not just a little bit. They don't give him heroin once and then think like maybe when he's high, he'll tell us. They get him addicted to heroin and then withhold the heroin so that he will tell them where she is. It's a it, long it's game rough. sort of plan. And then when Starsky, he eventually escapes, Starsky finds him and Starsky doesn't want anyone to know about this because I guess there will be like a taboo 
about him doing heroin, even though he was forced at gunpoint. Yeah. I, I don't know. But he gets him to their friend, Huggy Bear. We got to talk about Huggy Bear. That's true. Uh, their friend, Huggy Bear's place and cleans him out. He makes him quit cold turkey, which has to be rough. I think it's not good for you. We really should have taken him to a hospital. But but he just, you know, he, he cuddles him in a bed the whole he time. Holds while him he's, he's shaking. He holds time. him. Then Hutch is irritable and and throwing stuff and trying to get out of the room and Starsky just hugs him, you know? They just hug it out. There's a lot of hugging it out in that episode. Yeah. This is, for me, like the biggest example of the episodic nature of it, though, because he's addicted to heroin for several days and it never comes back up. He never has any cravings later. He just, he got clean afterwards and he's fine. He's fine. Smooth sailing. All good. I don't know. I couldn't explain it to you. I mean, other times people get mortally wounded and then are back to work in the next episode. So it's true. Another of these examples is a cute one called Shootout, where the guys want to go get a late dinner because they like to spend their time together outside of the office as well. They do. Well, Hutch invites Starsky over for eggs at his place. Right. (laughs) He wants to make him some scrambled eggs at his house but starsky's really craving italian so he insists that they go to this italian restaurant that is open at all hours because they're there at like 11 30 at night and then unbeknownst to them this is the a site of a planned mob shootout and starsky ends up getting shot through the shoulder luckily but they're stuck there because it's a hostage situation and so hutch has to tend to him he does his nurse routine with starsky while he's trying to get them out the clutches of the bad guys but there's a lot more hugging so much cradling tons of cradling they love to touch their heads to each other that's a sweet move and they just have this very trusting they take care of each other kind of vibe another one is a coffin for starsky what a title starsky gets poisoned and told that he has 24 hours before he dies and then they you know the two of them go out together to try to hunt down the person that has poisoned him yeah and there's a sweet moment where they track down a guy who should have the answer about where the antidote is but he's about to shoot hutch and hutch won't shoot him because he doesn't want him to die because he has the info about starsky but starsky shoots him because he doesn't want hutch to die knowing that he has just shot his best chance to survive oh my gosh these boys at the final hour hutch does find the person he does get the antidote he does save starsky and much hugging ensues you know there's tons of cradling through the whole episode (laughs) oh that's the one where they hold hands too they're in the office and starsky's like you know if this were a a cowboy movie this is when i'd give you my boots (laughs) and then they hold hands oh cute sweet boys Tell me about survival. Oh, that's the one where Hutch gets run off the road and tumbles down a ravine and gets pinned mm-hmm. under his car and his radio isn't working. His car is completely broken and Starsky is running around trying to find him. That's another, it's a fun example too of something that happens repeatedly in the show. And we've mentioned Huggy, but the other main recurring character is their captain, Captain Doby. And in both this one and The Fix, Starsky shows up and he's like, Hutch hasn't shown up to work. And the captain's like, it's probably fine. You know, Hutch. And Starsky's <laughs> like, do I know Hutch? He usually right. shows up to work is the yeah. thing I know about Hutch. Right. The only other time he hasn't shown up was the time he was forcibly addicted to heroin. So can I go look <laughs> for him? And the funniest thing always about Captain Doby is he'll be like, no, you can't. You boys can't do this or you guys are out of line. Yeah. And then they're both like, 
come on, Captain. And then he's like, oh, you know, okay. I can't say no to you. You've got 24 hours. And exactly. then if it takes longer than 24 hours, you have as long as you need. <laughs> I love Dobie. He's so supportive. He, he loves really is. So much. He has to pretend to be, you know, a hard yeah. a taskmaster. Well, you know, you're supposed to be like, the captain's supposed to be very gruff yeah. and take no nonsense. And, and but really... He's got a huge soft spot for these boys. He lets them do whatever. So anyway, yeah, he lets Starsky go out and look for him. And he, he does find him eventually. But this is another episode where you're like, really? No lasting repercussions? His leg is pinned under a car for, for days. days. He's missing for like two and a half days at yeah. least. Like he would have lost a leg. He also probably would have died. Totally fine. But he's fine. He's oh, that's fine. the episode where, where Starsky gets him a new shitty car because his old shitty yeah. car broke rolling down exactly. the Exactly. And he's so happy to have the new shitty car. And Starcy's like, oh, I worried that's what you would say. (laughs) (laughs) The finale episode is also a hurt comfort. Starsky gets shot by these guys right outside the police station. And it's pretty bad. He gets like three bullets through the chest, very nearly dying. And Hutch is inconsolable. And then he's out there trying to find whoever's responsible for this. But also there's a moment where Starsky does die on the table and they can't revive him. And Dobie has called Hutch to come to the hospital. And the second he bursts through the doors to the hospital, Starsky's heart starts beating again. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But of course, Hutch solves the case. The very last beat of the show, and the show is known for having episode tags that are just like, No matter what has happened in the episode, the tag is just them hanging out, having a good time. Mm -hmm. So the the tag of the finale is Hutch sneaks some alcohol and veal that he has stuffed veal, stuffed veal into Starsky's hospital room. And he gets into the bed with him and the two of them sit and eat the veal and then Huggy Bear and Dobie come and they all just like giggle and additional drinks and a huge salad plate. Yeah, he (laughs) brings like a charcuterie or something i don't really know and then they all just giggle and drink and talk about how much they love each other and then the the last gag is that huggy bear has hung a lantern on the sprinkler sensitive heat sensitive sprinkler system and the sprinklers go off and they all are like oh boy so there are a million of those we could go on but that's you get the idea also the signature of the show is the ladies <laughs> both of our gentlemen so are ladies. are ladies men and they have a sort of revolving door of various women who are almost never seen after the episode that you meet them in it's one usually of because they die well not always but often <laughs> so yeah there are a lot of episodes where they just have flings with ladies but then there are many episodes where they have more serious girlfriend issues we're calling this section girlfriend problems Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so one example is an episode called lady blue where an ex-girlfriend of starsky's who was an undercover cop gets killed and he's pretty bummed about it they had only broken up a couple months before or something and he doesn't take it well but hutch spends the whole episode trying to be supportive and help him along and then the the end beat of the episode once they've solved the crime is that hutch invite Starsky on a dinner date to his house he has called his mother and asked what his favorite food is and he makes him his favorite food and he's lighting candles and Starsky's like why are we eating so early are you inviting someone else over after and you know he lies and says yes but obviously right the date is for Starsky yes I think Starsky goes oh you have a date and he's like 
yes and he's lighting the candles and you're like <laughs> and of course like, you have a date yeah yeah exactly. the date is Starsky and then on the flip side a Hutch version of this is an episode called Jillian Hutch all the time has girlfriends who are involved with criminals sometimes against their will sometimes they got into a bad situation so Hutch has this girlfriend named Jillian who he really loves even though who knows how long they've been dating I would love to see someone try to map out the timeline of all these girlfriends because usually yeah. it's not like they meet them at the start of the episode they've just been dating them they've been for... dating for who knows how long but anyway he's dating this girl unfortunately it turns out that she is a prostitute who is working for the criminals that Starsky and Hutch are trying to right you know which catch. like if she's a prostitute fine but she didn't tell him but he doesn't also, know yeah that's kind of and problem. of course the fact that she works for the guys that they're currently tracking down becomes an issue yes so <laughs> Starsky finds out that she has been working for these guys he confronts her because he doesn't want Hutch to get hurt and he basically tries to usher her out of town he's like I know you want to open a store let me let me give you a bunch of money and you can leave town and go open the store that you want to open. And then Hutch won't ever have to know about any of this. And in that scene, this is unprecedented. Uh, this is when it becomes, <laughs> I think it leaves subtext and becomes text at this point. Because mm-hmm. in this scene, when he's confronting her, she realizes how much he must care about Hutch to be doing this. And she right. says to him, you love him too, don't you? And Starsky says nothing, but vaguely nods. And then when he's on his way out the door at the end of the scene, she says, it would be nice to be Hutch. In one lifetime, you have two people love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Starsky just nods and like, I don't understand, man. Like, that's not a thing that you say to your boyfriend's best friend, unless you're literally like, you're in love with my boyfriend too, yeah. aren't you? And he's like, yes, I am. <laughs> my reaction to that part when she was like you love him too don't you i was like starsky should be like no you love him too i exactly i love him first correct but after she gets killed starsky unfortunately has to be the one to tell hutch that all this has happened because she was going to come clean but she never got a chance so he tells hutch that she was working for the guy and then hutch is like what do you mean she was a prostitute and he gets really angry and he ends up hitting starsky which like that's low low yeah. bad times but then starsky's like you're my best friend you think i like saying these things to you and he hutch comes around and then they hug so like a, a long hug so yeah. much hugging so yeah that's a couple of their girlfriend problems they do have more but just two that we watched but now we want to talk about girlfriend solutions <laughs> question mark yeah, we've detected a subtext in a, in a series of episodes called Targets Without a Badge, which is right. a three-part series right towards the end of the final season of the show. So the setup of this series is there's this confidential informant that Huggy Bear has brought them. They take his information, but he, in order for him to testify, they know he's going to be in danger, and they try to keep him from having to testify, but eventually the DA forces them to make him testify and he ends up getting killed and Huggy Bear is pretty bummed about it. And yeah. they're pretty bummed about it too because they really tried to keep it from happening and that they're kind of losing their faith in the criminal being justice system officers, and yeah. being police officers at the time. So they end up during the course of this quitting their jobs as cops and deciding that they need to get new jobs, but together. Together. They throw their badges into the ocean together. Yep. So they quit the force together. 
And then they go on a series of interviews, but as a pair. Because they're partners. And this is when we discovered that Hutch has debilitating social anxiety. They show up to do an interview at a place where they're going to need to like take an aptitude test or something. I think it's a government job placement office. So they're just generally getting placed somewhere. And he's really only good at being a cop. Anytime he has to perform in any way in front of any people he can't like control his body or unless he's really like if he gets into an undercover role like if If he's not hot undercover headspace then he's all right but if he's hutch and he's performing he can't handle it he's tripping over things and this comes up multiple episodes but we really keyed into it in this one because it's so extreme someone comes to collect his aptitude test and he basically can't walk anymore he falls over and into some woman's lap and then he can't get like out of her lap Are you okay, Hutch? Oh my goodness. But anyway, they're trying to find a job. They'll only find a job together. Hutch sees a really shady ad in the classifieds for a job where they want a strapping young man, basically. And and they show up together to this sketchy office and talk about how they're partners and they work together. And it's becoming clear to you, the audience, that these are people who make porn. (laughs) And, And here they are volunteering their services as partners at this porn place. And the guy's kind of into it, the guy that he wants to hire them. But, you know, just an interesting thing to put into the episode. Exactly. But then once they find out what it is, then, of course, they leave because they're no fun at all. But anyway, when they finally get into the case of these episodes, there's a woman who Starsky grew up with when he was a kid. They were friends and she has since disappeared. He thought she died in a car crash, but it turns out she was in witness protection with her family. And so there's a case that has to do with her dad Anyway, they reconnect and you think, oh, okay, this is going to be a potential love interest for Starsky. I swear to you people, she is a love interest for the two of them. They are both dating her at the same time and I will not be dissuaded. <laughs> and they're aware of it. That's yes. that's the other thing. Yeah, no. They're da- they're this is a thruple situation, people. They don't explicitly say it on the show, but I promise you, they are all dating each other at the same time. Hutch will be having lunch with her and then he's like, you got plans for later? And she's like, yeah, we both have plans with Dave. And then they all go together to, you know. The theater. I don't remember. The theater. Yeah, I think it was the theater. (laughs) And then they all go back to her house at night, all three of them. And she kisses them both. She kisses them both. There are lots of scenes of them together in one of their houses all the time. And then... I mean, they're definitely all dating each other. And then the very last scene of the episodes is they're leaving a building and they're each holding her hand and then they both pull her in their opposite direction. Or like my place. Yeah, where are we going? My place. No, my place. And it's like, you're all dating. They're dating each other. I don't know. I, I'm telling yeah. you. This will come up later too. Keep this in mind, dear listener, because it's relevant. Yeah. But to me... It's feeling like they've arrived at a girlfriend solution in this episode because they're both pretty chill. And she doesn't die at the end. And she doesn't die. It's happy endings all around. Various other things to talk about. We love when they go undercover. It's the most fun. So there's an episode tap dancing her way right back into your hearts where the two of them go undercover because there's this dance ring that's blackmailing people, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, the important part is Starsky goes undercover as a dance instructor named Ramon. And (laughs) Hutch goes undercover as a potential target who's a Texas cattle-owning guy named Charlie McCabe. And he does this, like, aw shucks, Texas guy routine. And they're both 
so good in this episode. Like they're having the time of their lives being these characters. So are we the viewer? Oh, we were having the time of our lives. Starcy dances through the whole episode. He can't stop. He loves dancing so much. And then at the end, he gets told that he was the master of the dip. Everybody loved when Ramon did the dip. And so he has been trying to teach Hutch to dance. So they're dancing together. And then when Hutch makes fun of him about the dip comment, he dips him. The end of the episode is is him throwing Hutch into a full dip. And it's, and it's beautiful because David Soul's blonde hair just like flows back and he's like... <gasps> yeah, he's like gasping. <laughs> he's so taken aback. That's a good one, guys. That is a good episode. Yeah. And then there's another undercover episode called Dandruff in the fourth season. We love this episode. We heard from Monica that this was not a well-loved episode in the fandom, but it is a well-loved episode in our hearts. The two of them are undercover as hairdressers in this hotel sting operation. Which we later learned is the second time they go undercover as hairdressers. Yeah, they go undercover as hairdressers in Huggy Bear and the Turkey with the same names, but then they swap the names for this episode. But anyway, Starsky is playing this French hairdresser and the accent is... I mean, I like, but like so bad in the best way, just like the optimal, terrible French accent. And then Hutch, his character is quite clearly gay, (laughs) if I'm being honest i think he's definitely playing it gay although he hooks up with many women over the course of the episode which is another interesting part about this episode because there's a recurring bit where one of them will go back to the hotel room with a woman and then she has a man also in the in the hotel room with her her old husband is in an adjoining room while she's trying to have sex with starsky or hutch yeah (laughs) it's just Happened several times. And uh, there's one where Starsky and this woman are making out in the hotel room and they've just left the door open for yes. like no reason we can tell. And it's a long scene of people walking by and looking at them. Like yes. it's a long scene. And then they're like rolling around on the ground eventually. And that's when it becomes clear that this woman's husband is there. And he comes out of the bedroom and is just like, oh, haha, you, the, what are you two up to rolling around on the floor? Like totally chill. Yeah. <laughs> With this whole situation. But our favorite thing about it is, for no reason that we can tell, Starsky's character carries around a stepladder with him for the entire first half of the episode. (laughs) And just sits on it sometimes. Oh, Starsky is always sitting, strangely. Oh, Starsky sits sits funny. That's his whole thing. (laughs) He's either got his leg up somewhere, or he's sitting on the back of a chair, or he's just... just he sits funny, you know? Yeah. So he it makes sense for him to decide to just carry around a stepladder and sit on it places, but it's an amazing quirk. Anyway, we loved Andrew. Had to mention it. Yes. Another important one for this conversation is Death in a Different Place, which is the Starsky and Hutch gay issues episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) where they find out that this older cop that was a mentor of Starsky's he's closeted and he's had these relationships with men and Starsky had no idea and he gets murdered and so they have to keep going to this gay bar to solve the murder and interacting with this fantastic drag queen named Sugar oh my god she's yes but it's like Starsky has to deal with his feelings about finding out that this guy that he knew for so long was gay and he had no idea. And Hutch remarkably is the chill one and Starsky mm-hmm. has an emotional reaction to it. But then the the final scene of the episode 
is Starsky still is like, Hutch, I can't believe you're so calm about this. Maybe it's not a bad thing, but it is out of the ordinary yeah. for guys to be gay. Why don't you think it's weirder? And Hutch is like, you know, Starsky, would you say that if two men spend 75% of their time together that you could draw certain conclusions about them? And Starsky's like, I mean, yeah, I guess. So I guess that was the case with with Blaine and, and his boyfriend. And Hutch is like, no, that's the case with us. We right. spend 75% of our time together because between work and after work and all of the stuff that we do together – that's us and and then he says and you're not even a good kisser and starsky says how do you know that (laughs) and that's the episode tag so good and then the final episode we want to talk about just because we also loved it and this again is one that monica was really hedging about she told us you know like it's not great but you should still watch it don't hedge monica it's a masterpiece it's called satan's witches it is a satanic panic episode the boys go on vacation together to the woods and there are just some Satanists next door who are yeah. going to sacrifice a child. Like, you know, it happens. Right. But the A story of it is that the two of them decided to go on vacation together to Dobie's cabin. Yes. <laughs> and Paul Michael Glazer wears a pair of red long johns in this episode that you would not believe you gotta see it people i mean it's utterly just it's obscene it's indecent like they wouldn't show it on tv today like more naked than if he were naked like you guys gotta see this we'll post the gif set you'll see it Uh uh-huh but you won't believe it no and i don't believe that it has not been referenced more in subsequent tv shows i feel like this needed to be an important cultural moment people should be referencing it But while he's in the Long Johns, they do like fall into each other against the wall. These two women come upon them as Starsky is holding Hutch against him. Yeah, he's clutched Hutch to himself. (laughs) It's amazing. But the episode is just in between the case. It's a bunch of domestic fluff. Hutch loves the outdoors and Starsky is afraid to be out here because he likes the city and he doesn't he's afraid of bears and animals and all sorts of stuff. And so Hutch keeps like freaking him out and telling him that he's going to feed him bear meat and and the lights go off and he makes, you know, he just like wants to freak Starsky out a little bit, probably so that Starsky will grab him for protection. There's just tons of like, they go fishing. They have a great time. There should have been more vacation episodes. I mean, the blackface one, I think, does start (laughs) off as a vacation episode. You're just going to throw that out there without explaining it? Guys, there is a blackface episode. I haven't watched it. I don't think I've watched it. Fair warning. I don't know when we were going to bring this up, but yeah, there's not an easy way to watch the show. Season three and four are streaming on some app called Tubi, but the season three episodes are just the two-parter that is the blackface episode in some other episode. So So don't watch that, guys. (laughs) Don't let that be your introduction to Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Different different time. Different times. Well. Anywho. Anywho. We should mention season four. Things kind of went off the rails (laughs) story-wise in season four. For various reasons. David Soul had a bunch of different health issues over the course of the show and was kind of barely getting through by the end. Paul yes. Michael Glazer had been trying to leave the show for a couple of years. Three seasons. <laughs> Three seasons of the four seasons. And so there was like kind of just a different tone to the episodes, uh, a little bit less happy-go-lucky, a little more tension, both between yeah. the boys and with the idea of being cops. But when things really got 
problematic story-wise <laughs> is at the end of the of the series when there was a scheduling snafu. Like it, I I, I don't it happened. can't be anything other than a scheduling snafu because yeah. the episodes aired in an order that made absolutely no So sense. that three-parter that we talked about involves a villain who shows up in the series finale who's responsible for Starsky shooting. So mm-hmm. what would have made sense is for that to be a four-parter and it to be the end of the show because they're really connected. Yes. But that three-parter and the fourth episode are interrupted by this very dark, very strange episode <sighs> called Starsky versus Hutch. When the inexplicable happens, they're working a case with this undercover cop who Starsky has been dating for like a month. And it's like I struggle to even describe it because it doesn't make any sense. Hutch decides he wants to steal Starsky's girlfriend (laughs) for reasons unknown. It's a thing Hutch would never do in any of the other episodes of the show. But he just has decided he's pissed at Starsky for some reason. Clearly, there's an underlying something terrible that has happened. And first, he's just flirting with her. And Starsky's like, I don't understand why you're flirting with my girlfriend. And then... He's assigned to protect another girl because there's a serial killer who's killing blondes at this club. So he's been assigned to protect another girl and he just decides not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to be the one who protects Starsky's girlfriend and Starsky can take the other girl. And Starsky's like, why? And the girl is also very flirty with Hutch. And then eventually we get to a point where Starsky goes over to Hutch's and tells him he is in love with this girl. He's like, I've decided I'm in love with her. And Hutch immediately is like, well, we'll see about that. And he goes over to the girl's place to ask if she's in love with Starsky. And then the two of them sleep together immediately after Starsky has told him he's in love with this woman. And Starsky shows up at her place, sees Hutch, like, tucking his shirt into his pants. Yeah, he didn't even try to hide. It wasn't a situation where Starsky shows up and Hutch is like, oh, no, what have I done? He just is coming out of the bedroom, clearly very Basically like, yeah, I just fucked your girlfriend. What of it is his vibe. And they get into a physical fight. And the woman who is a sociopath or something, I don't know. She's, like, definitely trying to play these guys against each other is like why are you fighting oh get out of here and so their relationship is at a breaking point at this point it's as bad as it's ever been for Starsky and Hutch and then of course because they have these episode tags that never make any sense the end of the episode is the two of them come into Huggy Bear's bar they're sitting apart from each other they're not talking and you're like this makes sense they should be mad at each other Uh, and then the woman shows up And the two of them are like, you know, we've talked about our situation and we've come to a conclusion. There's only one thing we can do. And they sort of both look at her like they stand together and give her a look. And you're like, are they saying they want a threesome? I don't know. It's not clear. (laughs) And she says no to whatever it is that they're proposing. And they're like, great. And then they put their arms around each other and walk away like, that's what we thought. We want to be friends, not have you come between us. And it's like, yeah, what has happened what is and then right into the finale where it doesn't seem like any of that had happened i don't know guys it's baffling it's one of the weirdest scheduling errors i've ever seen in television and seemingly has led to a lot of fix it fic because it is baffling yeah so strange (laughs) but anyway the show ends on a happy note where it was supposed to but you just get this weird the penultimate episode doesn't make any sense yeah, the vibes are way off in season four, sort of generally. But yeah, that episode is, it's its not fun. No, it's the opposite of fun. And, and you're just like, Hutch is an 
asshole the whole way through for no reason. So I think much like the fix it fic, our head canon is they both dated that woman in the three parter, Uh you know, had some experiences. Hutch realizes he's just in love with Starsky. It was one of those classic, maybe they had a threesome and then it was like, oh, I think really we're just into each other sort of situation. Yeah. But Hutch can't figure out how to tell that to him. So he's really pissed. He's just, you know, having a hard time. And so he just starts acting out. He doesn't want someone else to have Starsky. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they resolve it off screen and then they walk off together and it's fine and they're together yeah. in the finale. <laughs> That's how we read it. <laughs> but if anyone yeah. has any other headcanons, do let us know. We tried to see what happened with the scheduling and if anyone ever said anything about why that episode aired when it did. We couldn't find it. No, and it, we did hear that they hadn't filmed it in that sequence. It was filmed much earlier in the season and right. then aired out of sequence, but for no reason that we could find. Yeah. Although I wonder, so one of the things we did read is they were considering killing Starsky off in the finale, but didn't want to do it because in reruns, it would be confusing for viewers. (laughs) So maybe their position was just like, these are going to air out of order anyway. So who cares? (laughs) Maybe so. I don't know. TV was different in the 70s. But that's the show. That's the canon stuff for them. In addition to that, reasons people ship them are... uh, Everybody could just tell, even in the 70s, this is a thing people were talking about in a blooper reel that the show made. They talk about how critics have referred to them as two French kissing primetime homos. So that's how they were being discussed in the 70s. Contemporaneously, yes. As they were making the show. And then um, I was incidentally rewatching an episode of I Love the 70s which for any younger listeners was a show that aired on VH1 in the early O's. It was like a retrospective of the decades. They did all of the 70s. I love the 80s. And they would do each year and talk about things that happened in pop culture history in that year. Mm -hmm. Great theory. And so it was. It was wonderful. And so in the 1976 one, they talk about Starsky and Hutch, and they have actors and comedians as the talking heads. And within that episode that aired in August of 2003, the end beat of their discussion of Starsky and Hutch was Miguel Ferrero saying the real distinctive thing about the series was every episode would end with them in a very sort of gay situation sharing this moment together you know like they turned off the camera just before they kissed (laughs) which oftentimes they did because if you watch the blooper reel paul michael glazer was constantly kissing david's soul like many, many and as you said to break the romantic yeah because i think it becomes clear from this context that like the idea of them having homoerotic tension is not new. That's not something we've applied because everything's so much gayer now. People at the time were talking about it, so you know they were thinking about it while they were making the show and sensing the romantic tension of their scenes. And I'm sure that occasionally Paul was like, I just have to humorously kiss David right now. To <laughs> It's like too much. <laughs> So I think that's a good lead into what the actors say, as we usually do, starting with Paul Michael Glazer. These are all retrospective, these quotes. So he was interviewed about the show and about the the homoerotic elements of it. And he said, I think it's very real. I think it's important to understand that, yeah, there's homoerotic elements. I think the reality is David and I are, for the most part, if you have to define oneself as straight, but you have to be able to recognize there's a part of all of us that is homoerotic. He continues. 
we see someone of the same sex that's attractive. We either deny it or acknowledge that it's there. Does that mean we're going to have a homosexual relationship with that person? Not necessarily, but it becomes much more freeing to be able to acknowledge something that exists, maybe kid about it, play with it a little bit and move on. One thing David and I had and still have is a very deep friendship. I love that Paul Michael Glazer quote. You know, yeah. you could be straight, but that doesn't mean you can't be a little bit in love with your best friend. It's fine. It's fine. Or recognize that your best friend's, you know, a, a beautiful blonde man. Exactly. Exactly. So that's their current position. But back in the day, mm-hmm. David Soul was saying stuff about this special relationship even then. So in 1976, they won a People's Choice Award. And in their acceptance speech, David said, I just want to say that I think the American people have seen this show, Paul, I think in a way that is maybe not played too much press wise. And I think they see a relationship between two men who could be anything. And I think in accepting that and then giving us this award makes me feel really good about it because I don't think there are many relationships that are exposed that way. Totally. Mm -hmm, It's a very mm -hmm, special mm -hmm. relationship. And then in 1977, He did an interview with The Advocate, which is a gay magazine, because his sister is gay and was involved in the gay rights movement in New York at the time. And he made a point in the interview of saying, I really wanted to do this interview because I think Mm -hmm. it's important. And they asked, do you feel Starsky and Hutch is a love story between two men? And he said, yes, I do, because that's the relationship Paul and I have built for each other. And then in 1977 TV Guide interview, he said Starsky and Hutch is listed as a crime drama. But in my opinion, the show is a love story between two men. So he's very adamant about that, even while the show is airing. Good stuff. So our actors are on board. And I think it's important to note that on the show, particularly as it developed, the actors had a lot more creative control. So we've talked about, you know, other examples, particularly last week, right, with Gotham, where fans are confronting the actors, but we're like, they're not making the decisions. In this case... They were. Yeah. So we mentioned that Paul Michael Glazer kept trying to leave the show. And as a way to keep him on, they gave him, and I assume David Soul as well, more creative control over the scripts and their characters as the seasons went on. So they were understanding what was going on while they were making the show. But a person who was not yes. understanding what was going on while they were making the show is creator William Blinn. I think people are probably aware that there was a Starsky and Hutch movie that came out in 2004 with Ben Mm -hmm. Stiller and Owen Wilson. And when that was coming out, there was a a lot of discussion about the homoerotic relationship between these characters. And William Blinn got to read the script for that. And he said, the way that read on paper, it was really bizarre. The writer seemed to be implying this gay thing had been there all along. But I can guarantee you, we did not think about that on the show which is funny because clearly Paul and David were thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) And Aaron Spelling, TV's most prolific producer of all time, he described the show as TV's first heterosexual love affair. So he was on board. So yeah, I think our our actors and to an extent, right, our creators are like, yep, they're in love. Yeah. It's very homoerotic. I mean, you really can't argue with it. What are you going to say? They don't love each other? They obviously love each other. We saw Jillian. His girlfriend said that Starsky loves Hutch just as much as she does. More, let's be honest. She doesn't know Hutch that yeah. well. No. How long have they been dating? We have no idea. <laughs> I think they say in the episode like a month or something, like not long. Anyway, time to transition to the fan fiction. Yeah. So what are the fans doing? There is a small but passionate group of fans creating fiction for this ship. It is one of those old fandoms, not a lot of new stuff. Even the movie is from 2004. (laughs) So if we talk about the recency bias of AO3, there's not a lot happening on that website. There are about 
1,800 of 3,900 total Starsky and Hutch fic that are Starsky slash Hutch. Small. I mean, not none. More than a lot of our comedies. That's true. But there's a Starsky and Hutch archive that's a separate from AO3. Like most of the fic seemingly from this fandom, if it has migrated from zines onto the internet, is not on AO3. It's in various other places. But that said, we did still read the most kudos fic on AO3, which is uh, Blue by a writer called Molo, who is like a big deal in Starsky and Hutch fandom. So tell me about this fic. So it is very much a hurt comfort fic. Hutch gets shot and he almost dies. But while Starsky is cradling him and trying to keep him from bleeding out, because I think he gets shot through the lung, Hutch kisses him. And Starsky's like, why did you do that? What does that mean? But Hutch is like passed Exactly. It's like his last breath sort of I love you in a kiss situation. Yeah. Oh, and he says I love you. And so Hutch gets taken to the hospital, thankfully. He's fine. He survives. Takes him a while to recuperate, but the whole time Starsky is spinning. (laughs) He's like, what did that kiss mean? I I didn't tell him I loved him. What if he dies and I never get a chance to tell him I love him? But like, really, what is it? Was it a kiss of friendship? Because, you know, we all do that. (laughs) We all have kisses of friendship. The final kiss of friendship. It's classic. (laughs) It's a classic situation. So what ends up happening is as Hutch recovers, he doesn't remember kissing him. Like he blacked out from the time he was shot to the time he woke up after surgery. So Starsky also doesn't know how to bring it up to him. Like, remember the thing that happened? What did that mean? Because Hutch doesn't remember. And he's just coming to this burgeoning realization that, you know, he's physically attracted to Hutch. And they're very touchy-feely throughout the show. They're constantly touching each other and like Starsky can't handle it. And there's also this character who I forget the name of, this new young cop who's like, ha ha, you guys are touching. That's so gay. And Starsky's like, no, it's not. Like out of nowhere, something that I've never seen anyone in the show comment on, even though they're touching each other all the time. All of a sudden there's a guy who's like, oh, you guys lighten the loafers or something, right? You you feeling each other up here? And you're like, what? So anyway, Starsky, because he's spinning out and doesn't know how to bring it up in a classic, just tell people your feelings. He's like, stop touching me, Hutch. I can't stop it. And Hutch doesn't know what happened. He like got shot, came out of a coma, and now his best friend won't let him touch him. Oh. And he's so sad. Oh, Hutch. Miscommunications are the worst. They really are. Eventually, Starsky comes over to Hutch's plays. Hutch is sitting on the floor in the dark drinking because oh. he's so sad. <laughs> that Starsky has yelled at him that they can't touch anymore and they confess their feelings yeah. and then they have sex yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, lovely. Yeah. All is well in the end. But yeah, yeah, pretty much what you'd expect from this fandom since Hurt Comfort is such an important part of the show. You're going to get that in a lot of the fic. Yes, it is a little bit longer. It is explicit, but I guess we need to take a look back and probably do an inventory because we now have had a good number of longer explicit fics yeah. and we might like maybe a third, two thirds at this point, yeah. maybe a little bit. We definitely didn't end up sticking to the everything is short and fluffy and not explicit rule that we thought yeah. we were establishing at the beginning. So let's talk about how we didn't know that Starsky and Hutch was like a hugely influential, important fandom in fandom history. Right. So as much as we enjoyed the show and we really enjoyed the show. If we haven't made that clear by now. Yeah. Finding out about the history of Starsky and Hutch fandom just as like thrilling and fun and exciting. You know, we did the Star Trek episode a couple of episodes ago at this point, and I feel like Star Trek fans are really loud and proud about the history of their fandom and the role Trek has played in fan history. 
and Starsky and Hutch fans are a little quieter, but this was like the first non-sci-fi fandom. Yeah. We talked about how Star Trek became the first modern fandom and took a lot from sci-fi fandom and then molded it into what we think of as fandom today. But Starsky and Hutch was the first group to do that with just a regular old show (laughs) that didn't have anything to do with sci-fi, but they had zines of fic they had cons that people went to they had all of that same stuff and a lot of it is because there was a group of fans that were star trek fans that migrated over and were like why can't we do all of this about starsky and hutch you can guys you can you You so can but for whatever reason this fandom became just way more underground people were not out there talking about their starsky and hutch fandom it became sort of insular and seemingly like I know a guy to get in. (laughs) To get onto the mailing list to get the zines or whatever, you had to be vouched for by somebody who was also already on it. And it seems like part of that comes from people wanting to escape the infighting of the Star Trek fandom, because we talked about how that was an issue (laughs) in the Star Trek fandom. So I think people were hoping to create these little happy, safe spaces with only friends and no fighting and just loving Starsky and Hutch. But because of that, I think it it contributed to it being a less well-known fandom. I mean, we just weren't aware of it. This was all news to both of us in so many ways. Moral of the story is, if you're a fan of Starsky and Hutch, tell everyone be loud, be proud, because I'm going to be proselytizing about this <laughs> from here yes. on out. Everyone I talk to, I'm going to tell them to watch Starsky and Hutch. And that's what we should all be that's doing. So, good. so you read some of the classics. Yeah, there. our pal Monica sent a collection, a smattering of various fic, because we wanted to get a sense for what we were missing if we just looked at AO3. She sent what we had actually already heard of, because it's like a hugely influential fic in the fandom, this fic called Mojave Crossing by Connie Faddis. That was, I'm sure, an introduction for a lot of people into the fandom. It's a hurt comfort thing. It's a classic of the genre, Starsky and Hutch hurt comfort. It takes off where this set of episodes called The Setup leaves off, uh, finds our boys having to travel through the desert to evade Mm -hmm. people that are trying to kill them. Both of them get really fucked up over the course of the journey. They almost die. They confess their love for each other. I think it's still Jen, not Slash. There's not really like any kissing, but it's exactly what you want from her comfort, but like taken to the extreme because there is very near death for both of them and lots of clutching and cuddling. And we found this great quote from someone talking about this fic and I have to read this because it made me think about hurt comfort generally and also this fandom in an interesting way so Terry Beckett says many moons ago before I knew fandom existed my partner and I were writing all kinds of Starsky and Hutch you name it we wrote it not particularly well perhaps but that's beside the point and rarely did a tale get by without a good hefty dose of hurt comfort when you're gonna dent him dent him good was our motto no way is Hutch gonna cuddle him if he just tears a hangnail or vice versa So Kick Hutch Week was followed by Stomp Starsky Week, and they and we got our jollies without any qualms of conscience on either side. Suddenly along came the brave new world of fandom, and we discovered there was a name for all this stuff, and we read Mojave Crossing and stopped writing Hurt Comfort for a while because we knew we couldn't top that. Therefrom arose a problem. If no one gets dented, what happens to the emotional bits we love to write? So we were forced to stop and re-examine what we were writing and why, and the result of that was a step forward in the evolution of our writing. One thing you might say led to another. Natural progression, hurt comfort, to Starsky slash Hutch. Now this idea of hurt comfort being a substitute version of Slash is fascinating to me. Uh, And I don't know that everyone will have 
thought of this. I didn't think of it this way because you see so much hurt comfort in Slash that I didn't think of them Mm -hmm. as being like separate things. But for people who were inventing fandom as it was happening and writing fic for the first time, mostly gen fic to begin with because you're writing them as they are on the show. And as they are on the show is two straight guys that love to cuddle each other when they get hurt. (laughs) And so I think there was a lot of that. And then to, to think like, what emotionally am I getting out of this? Why do I like to see these hurt comfort situations so much? It's because of the emotional catharsis at the end and maybe right. have that from a situation where they just are honest with each other <laughs> and realize that they're in love instead of one of them having to nearly die and I I'm fascinated by that I just that was such an interesting yeah. insight it's to an me interesting evolution I, I fell down a, a thick rabbit hole here I read everything Monica said I read much more than that I've read all week I've been reading Starsky and Hutch one that I will talk about here there's another thick author slash artist fandom artist named Suzanne Lovett who was big in Star Trek fandom came over to Starsky and Hutch fandom is like a big name fan person and Monica described her story a fine storm as maybe if you did a poll of all of Starsky and Hutch fandom this might be the favorite fic of fandom Mm -hmm. it's quite good it takes tons of episodes of the show it's written like over the course of canon so it takes you from this episode, The Plague, where Hutch gets the plague, through a bunch of episodes, through Starsky's poisoning, through the Starsky versus Hutch stuff, where they both sleep with the same woman and how they deal with that. But it's overlaying this story of what was happening outside the bounds of the show. So basically, the two of them hook up after the Starsky versus Hutch nonsense but aren't emotionally honest with each other so they don't understand why they're doing it and they don't realize until the end that it's because they're both in love with each other funny how people are always like i guess i'll sleep with starsky so i can get him any way he'll have me but he would never actually love me and it's like he does though you already love each other you're there i read a couple more molo fic because there's a ton of fic from Molo. She's a huge writer in the fandom. I read a bunch. David Michael Starsky, MD by K. Austin Michaels, which is a fun one where they both retired after the end of the show. Hutch is becoming a doctor. Starsky is teaching at the police academy. I read A Guy Like You in a Place Like This by Anselmo, which is a fun one where they meet in Vietnam, but not in the way that you would expect them to meet in Vietnam. I feel like in a hurt comfort fandom, you expect them to be brothers in arms and one of them gets shot and the other one has to rescue him and it's not that at all. But anyway, there's a ton of great fic out there. A lot of it is not on AO3, but there is good stuff to be found. Now I want to take a moment (laughs) to talk about VCRs. Well, this is another important element of this fandom. So this is innovation happening within the Starsky and Hutch fandom around VCRs, which we did learn were previously called VTRs. (laughs) That was news to us. VTRs. So how were the fans using VCR? The Starsky and Hutch fans basically invented fan bids. You've seen them. You've been on YouTube before. In their current form, they're... Pretty well-produced, well-edited, lots of clips, music playing over them. Maybe occasionally you're getting dialogue, too. There's, like, a lot of complexity to it. Back in the day, I th- seemingly the most common type of fan bid was one where you basically just had a still shot from the show with music playing over it, which was revolutionary at the time. I mean, how do you do that exactly. with a VCR? But people had these VCRs, and they were self-editing these fan bids and creating what they called at the time song tapes which eventually evolved into what we know today as fan bids, but it was crazy difficult (laughs) for them to do it at the time. And Um, 
expensive. Yeah, the blank tapes cost twenty five dollars in nineteen seventy eight money. But we should name drop because I want to say these two Starsky and Hutch fans, Diana Barber and Kendra Hunter, are credited with making, if not the earliest, some of the earliest song bids with live TV footage under them, which is awesome. You guys are great. We owe you so much. Should we talk about the Magnificent Seven? that's what I was going to say too. (laughs) So this is just another fun tidbit, but, you know, they, they got more and more creative with their song tapes and song vids as time went on and were able to slow things down or speed things up. So there are seven frames of an episode of Starsky and Hutch where if you slow them down and advance them one at a time, Mm -hmm. it looks like they're kissing. (laughs) And these seven frames are known in fandom as the Magnificent Seven. God, I love fandom. Who else would be doing this? This is incredible stuff. We just had to talk about this because... We talked in Star Trek about the origins of fandom, the creation of a modern fandom, but there's a lot that comes along with it. And it's fascinating to hear that this sort of whole side of fandom with editors and fan vids came from here, came from these boys. Right. And again, from this fan community, which we had like no awareness of, which is such a shame. The public needs to know. They really do. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Way to invent... I mean, we've talked on and on about how amazing it is that fans do all of this free labor, what their passion makes them do, the art that create, the stuff they write, the zines, the cons, all of it. But yeah, I have edited on VCR before, I will say. (laughs) We are old enough to have done that. I edited our high school psychology psychology video. video that we made on a VCR. I know the the struggle of it, but I can't imagine the 1978 struggle of it. So just bless these people for having the idea. Yeah. The thing that's a real shame, though, is to our knowledge, most of these have not been uploaded anywhere on the internet. I'm devastated. It's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I want to see 1970s and 1980s fan vids. I don't want any of this modern nonsense. (laughs) I want to see what people are watching back in the day. So that's a shame. It is a shame. Let's talk about how the fans and creators interact. There was a lot of that in the Star Trek fandom. Was it the same in Starsky and Hutch? So this, again, I feel like is part of this story of the Starsky and Hutch fandom being sort of insular. And they just seemed like nervous. Yeah, it's like they had PTSD from Star Trek. I don't really know why. So from what we researched and from what we could tell, there really wasn't a lot of interaction between the fans and the creators. So, you know, again, in our Star Trek episode, the people in the zines were writing letters to the actors and getting letters back. And we had that quote from Roddenberry being like, this zine is required reading in our office. Of course, we're aware of Mm -hmm. you all. But it seemed like in this fandom, informing the creators of the show that the zines exist was leveraged as a threat. Yeah, we have from our beloved fan lore, everybody shout out to fan lore. On the Starsky and Hutch fan lore page, we have this great quote from a fan who said, I was told that in Starsky and Hutch, during the letter zine era you're referring to, people threatened to send zines to the powers that be and the stars. But I was told either it never actually happened or that the people receiving the zines so didn't care that it amounted to nothing. According to my source, it was the Tempest in a Teapot that had repercussions in the fandom for years for no good reason. Her words, not mine. Immediately after Code 7 number 1, the anonymous issue, came out, fans who thought this was an unnecessary reaction put out a zine complete with their full real names on it, and nothing ever happened. 
Yet the fear alone kept many Starsky Hutch slashers from being open about publishing fiction while other people continued publishing fic and selling it at cons with no repercussions at all. Why? There was was a lot of like, hey, if you keep doing this, I'm going to tell Aaron Spelling. Yeah. Who will what? Aaron Spelling is too busy to care, people. He's producing 85 other shows right now. But yeah, there was this paranoia running through the fandom that they didn't want to get in trouble. They were going to get found out and shut down. Yeah. I don't know. Why? So we don't really have too much there. It's not the quite the same conversation yeah. we had. I mean, they were having cons. They were meeting each other. They just weren't doing anything with the actors or the creators. Because right. what happens if they find out? Apparently only bad things. Except in the intervening years, that has become the opposite of the truth. Now... Paul and David look back longingly to their Starsky and Hutch days, however they felt about them at the time. And they show up and do cons and interviews and stuff together now with Antonio Vargas, who plays Huggy Bear. They're out interacting with the fans now, which is why we have quotes from PMG about them being in love from this year and interviews with them from the from the last couple years you know they talk lovingly about their time with each other and how close they were we found this fascinating pmg quote where he was talking about how at the time they were very close while they were making the show like when the camera was on they were emotionally intimate but when they were outside of work if they'd like saw each other at a party it'd be kind of like oh hey david how you doing good how about you good (laughs) Like, they didn't have the emotional capacity as young men to be, you know, vulnerable yeah, he, with I each think other. he explicitly said, like, we didn't know how to talk about our feelings and process the feelings of being on the show together, but now we can. Yeah, so in the... It's made us closer than exactly, ever. Exactly. In the time that has passed, they have only become closer because now they can actually talk to each other about their experiences, which, isn't that nice? It's really I nice. I think that's really nice. Well, I feel like I could talk about this forever, but... Have we said the important things? <laughs> I think we have, you know, we really recommend this show. It is hard to get a hold Although, of. Although I think you could buy the DVD set. So for $25. Yeah. Get it while All four you can. seasons for $25, which is less expensive than just purchasing the first two seasons on Amazon to watch. Yeah. Stream. If you have access to a DVD player, I know not everyone does now. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, if you have $25, yeah. not everyone does either. You can take the dive. You know, you'll have to judge our tastes against your tastes. Yeah, well, but... at this point, I hope that you have a fairly good sense of our tastes. We've been talking about TV for eight eight months now, nine months now, ten months now. A while. <laughs> a while. <laughs> a while. But, yeah, it's great. It's it's a lot of fun, except for some of season four is less fun. Yeah. But, really, the episodes where they go undercover are just some of the most delightful television you will ever watch. Yeah, this is, I have to say, I think they are my new favorite partners. I just really yeah. love them. They're so great. Both of the actors are great. Although what we haven't done and what we should do is say, are you Starsky girl or a Hutch girl? Starsky. We've talked Starsky. about this. We've talked about this off the pod. I was going to say, yeah, that was for the benefit of the listeners. Obviously, yes. we've talked about it off the pod. <laughs> do you want to talk about what your dad said to you? Yeah. When I told my parents I was watching this show, they were like, obviously, they watched it when it aired. I was like, I'm loving this show. I'm so into Starsky and Hutch. And my dad was like, oh, or you have a crush on David Soul now? And I was like, no. <laughs> I am a Starsky girl. All the way. I don't know that he said that because he thought David Soul would appeal to me in particular. I think he said that because there was like this cult of David Soul fans at the time. 
So I'm sure when he watched it, he heard people talking about how dreamy David Soul was. But yeah, I'm a Starsky girl through and through, people. 100% Starsky. Absolutely same. Again, those long johns. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not why. Oh you God. asked me if I was a Starsky girl when we had only watched a couple of episodes. And yeah. I was already a Starsky girl. I mean, he's the funny one. He's so great. I just love him. Yeah. But they're both great. They're both great. Like, I, it's it's not a situation where you're like, ugh, no. Hutch, whatever. Hutch, I mean, you Starsky and Hutch aren't Starsky and Hutch without each other. You can't no. have and they, they They did a wonderful... Like, their characterizations are so idiosyncratic. Hutch's things are, he has some kind of social anxiety. He's really into plants. He loves He plants. loves shitty cars. He likes shitty cars. He seems to be, like, the cultured one, I guess, is how they play it. Like, Starsky's the yeah. street smart, and then Hutch is, like, there's one where this rich criminal is trying to bribe them and there's caviar and so hutch is like oh this is the good also hutch always dreamed of being on the sea (laughs) hutch dreamed of living a life on the sea as we learn on the one where they go on a cruise ship together um and then starsky's like what are you talking about and we the viewer are like what are you talking about you've never mentioned this before you weirdo (laughs) oh I love him. And then Starsky, he's from New York. He's got that whole thing happening. He's supposed to be the more rough and, rough and tumble. He's kind of got a way with people, I think. I mean, neither of them's like bad yeah. with people, but I feel like if one of them needs to like charm someone, that's going to be Starsky. He loves food. He loves to eat like all kinds of shit food. Hutch kind of has like a health food streak that comes up at times like he makes himself this weird gross smoothie with like seaweed or something in it (laughs) darcy wants no part of it so yeah they've got all sorts of quirks but quirks are what make buddy cops buddies you know it's wonderful it's wonderful they they really made them their own but yeah no it's it's starsky it's 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 just if we're being honest it's starsky yeah so is it queer baiting queer coding queer canon I mean, I feel like it's somewhere in between queer coding and queer canon. Yeah. It's kind of like as canonical as they probably could have made it in the 70s. And again, everyone saw it. So yeah, they weren't hiding it from anyone. But I also don't think it's queer baiting. Like, I don't think that was a thing in the 70s where they were like, if we just get right up to the line with these characters and make people think they're gay, then all the gay audience will come flocking to us. Right. Like, I don't think that was ever part of their calculus. Again, it's sort of similar to our Star Trek conversation where like, I don't know that you could say anything was really queer baiting. Queer baiting is like a a pretty modern modern thing. Yeah. But I do think that Jillian scene, that is text. That is not subtext, people. It's true. (laughs) Should we try to gender swap? What does that do for us? I don't even want to I know. I'm like. (laughs) They're just so clearly in love. (laughs) They don't need to be gender swapped. Their gender is not what's keeping them from being together. What's keeping them from kissing on screen is just that it's the 1970s. It's because they cut the camera before Paul Michael Glazer before kissed Paul David Michael Soul. Kissed David Soul over and over in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. We are posting that video of the bloopers because you got to see it. It's good shit. So I guess we've already said what our hypothesis is. It's 1976 through 79. Right. And I don't have to rank this on a queer baiting scale. How are we feeling about fan fiction now? I honestly really loved the fic yeah. this time. I really enjoyed it. I don't know what it is about these boys, but I was like, oh these boys. I wonder if the thing is, you know, we've talked before about, again, like 
with the Star Trek example, right, there's this tension between the people like, I want it to be like an episode. And people are like, no, I want to focus on the relationship. But a Hurt Comfort fan fiction is just an episode of the show. Exactly. (laughs) You don't feel like you're reading something that is not within the canon of the show. Yeah. Because it just, that is how the episodes work. (laughs) Right. And I haven't read Mojave Crossing yet. But the nice thing about something like that is it's, fills in questions left by the episodic nature That's what of the, I was going to say. I was going to say, I think yeah. this might be a fun one for you just in your personal time to dive more into it because there are so many gaps in this show where there's this cool episode and something happens and then you're like, well, then what? <laughs> like this, the right. reason that Mojave Crossing works is the setup is this cool episode where there's- um, There's this huge conspiracy massive conspiracy theory. where- someone the government maybe is brainwashing people into becoming assassins and giving them whole alternate personalities and you're like who could possibly be responsible for this this is crazy and then it ends and you don't really get answers <laughs> you don't no, get answers you about never who find has out. done this and they never come back to it and it's like well time to read Mojave Crossing because like I gotta know <laughs> what's going yeah. on and another I I need personally send them to me if you have them i need everything out there explaining starsky versus hutch like i need something to tell me what happened in season four because what a strange time that was so this might be our sweet spot this might be our sweet spot oh my gosh we've done we it we needed to get to a place where you just loved these boys like you gotta love the characters more than you mm-hmm. love the property you know yeah and the characters are so good that it's like i just want to see them you love these boys. i want to see them hang out just all the time hanging out because they're so great. Yeah. All right. This has been a treat. I love Starsky It really Hutch. has. This has been so fun. I would just, I'd come back next week and do another Starsky and Hutch episode if I could. I mean, maybe once we've watched all the episodes, we'll just be like more beats, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> just another episode of, you wouldn't believe what else they did, guys. <laughs> but I think we can leave it here for now. What are we talking about next week? We're going back to film. Yep. But not not one film, mm-hmm. not a film series. Mm-hmm. We're just talking 80s buddy cops. And like a loose version of that, maybe like buddies in action movies that maybe they're not literally cops, but you know what we're yeah. talking about. And this is sort of another listener suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that the listener is someone that I know in my real life. Right. <laughs> we're going to have a guest, people. Someone is invading our space. My friend... Todd, who is the inspiration for this episode, will be joining us to discuss all of these 80s action buddy movies. I think that Starsky and Hutch is going to be the perfect bridge into that world. There are no more perfect buddies than these buddies. In the meantime, if you want to contact us, continue the conversation, send me Starsky versus Hutch fanfic that it makes everything make sense. You can reach us at ltbkpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Tumblr at ltbkpod. If you are enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend. And new episodes come out every other Friday at six o'clock Eastern wherever you get your podcasts. 